0: Chapter Fourteen of Clog Shop Chronicles by John Ackworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The zeal of thine house, one, when Greek meets Greek, in the September following Jimmy Juddy's wedding, there was a change of superintendent ministers in the Duxbury circuit. It was the middle of October before the new preacher came to Beckside his first visit having been reserved for the Trust Sermon Sunday. He had come from a circuit near London, and had never been in Lancashire before, the only piece of information retailed about him being that he was a great chapel-builder. Such descriptions of the good man as had reached Beckside were strangely conflicting. Some said he was a thorough gentleman and a polished speaker, others that he was rather too high and mighty for Lancashire, in this division of circuit opinion, Beckside realised its responsibility and prepared itself to give the preacher a very careful hearing. The little he had heard of Beckside prepared the preacher for amusement, and he was a little nonplussed, therefore, when Jabe and Long Ben received him in the vestry with impenetrable and icy stolidity. To counterbalance this, however, he was cheered when the service was over by Lige the roadmender who in his Sunday attire looked a very imposing person, and who met him at the bottom of the pulpit stairs and exclaimed, "'That's the best sermon we ad had in this chapel for money a year!' And the minister did not know that Lige had expressed the same opinion of nearly every sermon he had heard for many years. It was Long Ben's turn to take the preacher that day, and that worthy over the after-dinner pipe, imparted to his visitor as a profound secret the disturbing information that he would have to get a new steward in his place at Christmas. Well, there was nothing remarkable in that piece of news, but it was impressed more than usually upon the super's mind by the peculiar action of Ben's plump red-cheeked little wife, who happened to overhear the closing words of Ben's speech, for she shut with a bang the drawer into which she was putting the tablecloth, shook her cap-strings quite violently, and then remarked, apparently to the big brass clasp bible on the draw-top and in a tone between amusement and irritation hey dear ouder and softer now the super was not quite sure in his own mind whether the remark which he only imperfectly understood applied to the good lady's husband or himself and was glancing inquiringly from one to the other of them when ben invited him to have a walk up to the clog shop there more pipes were smoked though the minister was not a disciple of st nicotine and when sam speck came in and took ben out to hunt up some negligent sunday-school scholars jabe informed the super that after twenty-four years service he had made up his mind wilter shelter, whether or not to come out at christmas this second resignation made the minister think he smelt a rat and so he inquired whether there was anything wrong in the church no jabe replied we're enough, but I mean what I say, and he puffed away, and looked a very sphinx of stony mystery. The minister was a little annoyed, and went rather early to the Sunday school to inspect and address it. When the children were being dismissed, Nathan the smith drew him into the vestry, and having carefully closed the door, informed him that he had been seven years in the office of chapel steward, and had only kept on holding the office to oblige the supers who had been there before the present one, but that now there were so many young ones coming up, he should retire at the end of the year, especially as he wasn't very good at keeping accounts. And the new minister did not know, of course, that account-keeping was Nathan's hobby, and that it was his constant boast that he had never been more than ninepence wrong in all these years. All this was perplexing, not to say irritating, to the minister, and when he reached his armchair at Ben's, he heaved a little sigh as he sat down. Yes, are mister,' said Mrs. Ben. "'Is summat wrong wi'er?' "'No, I'm all right, but what are all these good men resigning for?' "'Bless yer, is that all? They allers do it when a new mon comes. "'Your munna takin' he notice on em. "'They'd be a fine sight more bothered, nor you if you did.' Then she bustled back into the kitchen, and ben coming in from the garden the minister heard him call lumpyed, yed and told that it was sarve him reet if he wore turnt out now the super was a shrewd man and laid these things up in his mind after the evening service the minister went to the clog shop for supper and was formally introduced to the members of the club when supper was over and the pipes were in full work jabe with a characteristic movement of his short leg and an assumption of modesty which did not at all fit him asked well what done you think of our chapel mr Shooper? and every man in the company tried to imitate jabe's expression of grateful modesty in anticipation of the only answer which could possibly be given the new minister seemed most unaccountably embarrassed and was about to give an evasive reply when old lige burst out ye anna seen a prattier chapel in yer life now, nah, anna the minister smiled rather oddly and did not quite succeed in keeping a contemptuous tone out of his voice as he inquired what style do you call it style it's their one style and nowt else cried lige excitedly whilst the others held their pipes at arm's length listening intently the minister looked wicked and there was the ghost of a scoff on his face as he asked well but is it classic or gothic or what is it no it isn't gothic shouted lige with lofty indignation no it isn't it's gradely owd lancashire that's what it is for your classics and your gothics the minister laughed and as he had over a mile to walk to catch the circuit conveyance at the four road ends he excused himself and went away but he left behind him a most painful impression for the first time in its history the beauty of the Beckside tabernacle had been called into question, at any rate by implication, and the offence had been committed by the superintendent minister of all persons. The talk in the clogshot parlour was long and very serious. and though Jabe kept up for some time a show of defence of the ecclesiastic, it was very half-heartedly done, and he admitted to Sam Speck when the rest were gone. When he talked about his gothics, Tha could ha knocked me down with a feather. Next day, all Beckside knew that the minister had scoffed at the chapel, and the feeling of indignation was quickened when Silas, the chapel-keeper, made it known that when the minister came to the weeknight service on the following Tuesday, he had gone round the chapel, laughing at the high-backed pews, putting his stick into the cracks in the gable wall, and talking of ventilation, until Silas said, Oh, well, he brassed art on him. Every time the super came to Beckside, he dropped hints about the chapel which conveyed the impression that he thought it past redemption. Then a local preacher told Sam Speck, under an inviolable bond of secrecy, that he had heard the super call the chapel a ramshackle old building. But as Sam always made mental reservations in favour of the club in his promises of silence, this most offensive expression was soon common property. Under these circumstances, when the annual trustees' meeting came to be held in the following January, feeling ran very high, and the minister, unconscious of the sentiments of his flock, very speedily made things worse. The possibility of danger to their tabernacle put everything else out of the heads of the church officers, and not a word was said on the question of resignations. This was a time to hold on, everybody felt. When the routine business of the meeting had been got through, the minister leaned back in his chair and said, Well now, brethren, what about this building? It was all right, I dare say, seventy or eighty years ago, but it won't do now. It's behind the times. What do you say to a new chapel? Nobody spoke, but Long Ben and Nathan began to stare hard at the fire, and the rest became absorbed in some mysterious matter going on on the ceiling. The circuit steward from Duxbury, who had come with the minister, and who was present as an auditor of accounts, then took up the tale. "'You know, brethren, this is a box, simply a box, and—' with a very demonstrative sniff—'a very musty box, too.' Nobody spoke. A non-resident trustee, who had also come into the circuit conveyance, next broke in. "'You know, we must move with the times, friends.' What was good enough for our grandfathers is not good enough for us. Another long silence. Come, friends, said the super in the chair. What do you think? No answer. Will someone propose that we meet again this day three weeks to take into consideration the advisability of building a new chapel? Another pause. Presently, Jabe rose to his feet, turned slowly round, picked his hat off the peg above his head, and deliberately limped down the whole length of the vestry to the door amidst a dead silence. After another minute's pause, Long Ben got up and went through exactly the same performance as his colleague, staring steadily before him as he marched out. Then Lige followed, and then Sam Speck. Only one local trustee was left, and as the minister sat back in his chair watching the scene with amazement, Nathan followed the rest one behind another like a procession of ducks, the trustees made for the clog shop, and there held long and excited debate on the crisis. Everybody agreed that Jabe's mode of treating the matter was the correct one, and did him credit. Presently the circuit trap was heard driving past. This seemed a sort of relief, and crowding as far as possible into the ingle nook and lighting their pipes, the conspirators discussed the situation in all its bearings. "'whilst the firelight cast flickering shadows on their faces. "'The chapel was compared to other edifices of the kind "'in the neighbourhood, very much to its advantage. "'Long Ben dwelt with affectionate pride "'on the labours of the committee who had cleaned and decorated it "'for Jimmy Juddy's wedding, "'and the super was denounced as a stuck-up cockney, "'a formalist, and finally by Sam Speck, as a puseyite. "'the last epithet being all the more popular,' because of its being only faintly understood and altogether inapplicable the minister's talk about gothic was held up to derision and it was confidently prophesied that he wouldn't stop his time at. presently sam who was in a state of mental elation in consequence of his late brilliant feat in nomenclature asked from behind clouds of tobacco smoke which rendered him invisible far into the chimney-nook well what mun we do this gave the conversation a new turn and brought forth a number of extraordinary proposals none of them however met with general approbation chiefly because of their inadequacy to express the seriousness of the occasion or the magnitude of the superintendent's transgression at last however all criticism was silenced and perfect and in fact vociferous unanimity was secured by the paralysing suggestion that jabe should resign all his offices at once yes that would do action so astounding would bring conviction even to the callous heart of the new super when it was first proposed as a bare possibility jabe though he thought it not decent to say much let it be seen that he regarded the suggestion as a truly heroic one for when the others began to discuss it as a really practicable thing he was a little staggered and left to himself would probably have been content with something less drastic. But he was the leader of the revolt, first in humour and first in danger. Desperate diseases require desperate remedies, and so, though he postponed final decision as long as he could, the infectious confidence of his comrades stimulated him, and he was soon trying to wear modestly the honour of being the hero of the hour and every now and again was dropping mysterious hints as to the startling effects of their coup on the offending dignitary at first it was decided that the awful act should take place on the super's next visit an idea which jabe strongly supported but sam speck and old lige contended that that was too long to wait the moral effect of the deed depending on its following promptly on the occurrences of the night next day was the duxbury market and it was decided that Jabe should send all his books and other insignia of office, accompanied by a formal written resignation by Squire Taylor's market-cart in the early morning. Then the company dispersed, and Jabe, when the stimulating effects of friendly presences was withdrawn, found it strangely difficult to make up his mind about the note. Writing was not the easiest thing in the world to him at any time, and composition generally took time but this evening he was slower than usual a sudden thought about the dear old chapel however and the super's sacrilegious suggestions about it brought the necessary resolution and after spoiling several sheets of paper he finally produced the following laconic epistle sir i resign all my offices your brother in christ jabez longworth during the next two or three days the clog-shop club sat in almost perpetual committee. Highly coloured pictures of the stunning effects of Jabe's resignation on the minister were painted by Sam Speck and Lige, and anticipations of what that dignitary would do were canvassed all day long by those who came and went from the ingle-nook. Sam Speck expressed an intense desire to see the minister arrive with his tail between his legs, as he phrased it, and as the others shared his curiosity, and with the exception of Lige were their own masters, very little work was done for some days. But the super gave no sign. The trustees' meeting had been held on a Monday, and when Friday arrived and neither letter nor message had been received, and Jabe's books were still at Duxbury, everybody became very serious, and Jabe was evidently labouring under deep anxiety. It was concluded at the clog shop on Saturday night, the super would be sending the books back together with a note by the local preacher who was coming on the morrow. When Sam suggested that a note would not do, and that in an affair of such magnitude nothing but a visit in person would suffice, he was somewhat seriously reproved by his elders, and reminded of his disqualification for sober counsels on the score of juvenility. The preacher arrived on Sunday morning, and was met by the stewards in the usual way, And when it was clear that he had brought neither books nor message, Long Ben looked anxiously at Jabe, who wheeled round in the vestry and limped out into a little back lane and was absent from service for the first time for many years. This was probably as dark a day as the old clogger had ever spent, and when the usual Sunday night deliberations in the parlour produced not a single ray of light, Jabe went to bed to spend a sleepless night. The next day he was snappish and bitterly sarcastic. Customers did their business in the fewest possible words and departed, and the ingle Nook conspirators endured Jabe's temper very meekly, regarding it as a special and richly deserved judgment on themselves. By Wednesday, Jabe's crustiness had gone, however, and the clogger's aiders and abettors in rebellion noted with consternation that he had become excessively but sorrowfully amiable. A patient resigned but terribly sad look sat on his face. He sighed heavily every few minutes, and stuck to his work with a sort of dull desperation. On Thursday, he positively refused to smoke, and on Friday, while he still sat on his bench, it was observed that he was constantly gazing through the window with a far-away look of melancholy on his face. Late on Friday, he and Long Ben sat up in deep and secret conclave, and before daylight next morning, Jabe had started to see the super at Duxbury. Now the minister was a clever man, and prided himself on his knowledge of human nature. His silence on the question that so greatly agitated the Beckside trustees was the silence of policy, and a smile of triumph crossed his face as Jabe was uttered into his study on Saturday morning good morning mr jabez glad to see you sit down sir but jabe with a grave and sad face remained standing and overlooking the minister's outstretched hand and too deeply troubled to notice his ill-concealed look at victory he said mester shooper i've done wrong wrong mr jabez i hope not in what way i've left a good shop and a grand mester just because one of my workmates didn't agree with me I don't understand you. Don't he? Well, the Lord's let me work for him till all thout he couldn't do bar me, but he show me as he could. He can do better bar me nor all can do b'at him. A fine sight. The minister began to have misgivings as to his skill in judging character. Is it about the chapel? He inquired gently. No, it's about them books as I sent back. I've come to humble myself and to axe for to books back, and if my heavenly father'll forgive me this time, all the supers in Methodism shanna drive me from my post again. The minister began to feel small. You see, Mester, yours is a change in life. You have seen hundreds of chapels in your time, and if God spares you, you'll see hundreds more, but us at Beckside, yond, have only one little Bethel to think about. "'and when yon bein tanned to a place as little childer "'and near been nowhere else, Mitch, "'and when yon gettin your first glimpse of Calvary there "'and all the peeps into the New Jerusalem, "'yon had, "'Why, you love that spot, you know, "'and there summoners in Beckside "'as loves ivery stone there is i the building. "'Then we'd dee for it if we mud.' "'Mr. Jabez,' interrupted the minister, "'gripping the clogger's hard hand, whilst his eyes gleamed with unfamiliar tears. Forgive me, sir, forgive me. Would to God I loved him and his cause as you do. I honour you from my heart. And the minister asked Jabe to pray with him as a son would ask a father. And then, with wet eyes, he went out and told his wife, and brought her in to see his latest teacher. Then they both asked Jabe to stay for dinner, and the super sent for the circuit conveyance and drove jabe back to beckside charging him on the way to keep silence about his visit when they reached the clog shop he went and saw long ben and nathan and it soon became known that all was well again the minister cleverly contriving that it should be understood that jabe had conquered him as indeed he had end of chapter fourteen